Hello, and welcome to the Everything Considered podcast. Today, I'm very honored to have Dara Wells join me. Dara is an end-of-life doula, a yoga teacher, and a Reiki practitioner. I think you're going to find this conversation very interesting. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, hello, everybody. I have Dara Wells with me. Dara, thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, thank you. It's an honor, and I'm, I'm grateful. I had such a nice conversation with you a few weeks ago, and I thought it would be of great benefit um, to our listeners. So um, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. Um, I'd say by trade, I'm a dancer. I've danced um, for the majority of my life um, professionally. I've been teaching dance for about 30 years now. Um, all the way from children, all the way up through adult um, ages, which I love. And then I also started practicing yoga, um, which was great for me, um, not so much for the physical aspect. I think I had that covered with dance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it was more for the the mental and emotional awareness and the getting underneath the surface of um, why do I do what I do? Why do I react the way that I do? Um, there were, um, also, uh, let me back up a little. So, um, teaching dance, um, doing that. And then when I was 32, um, I had a stroke, um, an AVM, um, and, which is when you're just born with a malformed artery in your brain, um, it erupted and then clotted. So that resulted in the stroke as well as a craniotomy. Mm -hmm. um, so going from that aspect, I was kind of at the peak of my teaching career with dance, like doing very well, independent on my own, um, obviously very physical, um, great shape to go from that to not being able to walk um, having to relearn how to brush my teeth, um, all of these things kind of being trapped inside of my body. And I knew that I knew how to do things, but couldn't figure out the steps to get there or recalling words. Um, that experience was a real eye opener for me um, to go from being completely independent to then dependent on everybody around me for everything. Um, and yeah, it was... Um, truly one of the biggest blessings, one of them, you, you know, that that's happened in my life where I was able to reassess. Um, also, who am I if I'm not this dance teacher, if I'm not this, you know, kind of identifying the roles that I was so attached to, mm. and then rediscovering who I was without this, who, who am I underneath that? What's the one, um, one constant of who I am and what I do, regardless of the external things, you know, because I taught dance, I was a performer, I, um, you know, practiced yoga, I did this, I'm gonna, you know, but looking at kind of what's underneath that, and that led me, I think, also into yoga. Um, I'm also a person in long-term recovery. Mm -hmm. So what that means is that it'll be actually nine years, um, April 18th, that it's been since, yeah! <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. So not only, I think that near death experience with the stroke, mm -hmm. 
Um, but I would also say almost like another death with going into recovery of being able to separate um, or rediscover the life I wanted to live without something that was masking or hiding th uncomfortable things I didn't want to deal with. Right. You know, you remove that and then all of a sudden you're having to face reality like this is life. This is what it this is what it is to feel excited or hurt or disappointed and dealing with those everyday experiences from a healthy standpoint, a very um, aware, mm -hmm. um, realistic look at not what I want things to be, but what things are right now. So that led me into yoga recovery. Um, from there, I became a recovery empowerment specialist oh, wow. um, for addiction um, and a wellness coach. Mm -hmm. And with my background, um, that approach to life and relationships with self and others became a very holistic experience. It wasn't just physical, just mental, or just emotional. It was all three. So how do I approach those things and find that balance? Um, and I often wonder with my background as a dance teacher, I also worked as, um, with special education with children with emotional behavioral disorders. If there was something in that where whenever I find something that helps me through um, an experience, a setback, a success, I always want to share it, you know, share it with other people. So um, through that, I think is kind of what led me into not just the study of yoga union, mm -hmm. you know, connection with self, body, mind, and spirit. Um, that source. Um, I never wanted to do the yoga as a teacher that I was just more curious for myself, but here I am, you know, <laughs> teaching, um, also teaching yoga. Um, and that's mainly an evening job because adults and children are in school or work during the day. I'm sorry, during the day. So then I teach at night. And then during the day I was brought to working with um, that our elders and older population. So during the day, I go into retirement communities, assisted living facilities, and I teach something called Ageless Grace. I'm certified in that as well. It's a brain and body fitness. So I go into the assisted living um, set, uh, department and then as well as memory care mm -hmm. um, to help um, facilitate working out brain and mind. And I get to bring yoga into it and then becoming aware of what's our body need right now what's it's going through what am I experiencing how can I enhance or um, process that a little bit more um, and then with all that the more I got into that and the more I did it the more connections and um, being able to experience those friends experience life in a new way um, whether that be through memory recall or through imagination or nostalgia with the music that we let, you know, going through that process brought me such um, an incredible, like rewarding feeling. And, but again, awareness of like, where else can they get this? How else can I help them when I'm not here? Um, and facilitating that thing is what brought me into um, discovering death doula or end of life doula um, mm -hmm. 
sometimes it's death midwifery. Um, but the study of that, and the more I got into that, I was like, yes, 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 yes. And it just brought me more in. Um, at first I looked into, you know, we have such incredible human beings sharing their gifts through hospice, nurses, CNAs, you know, there's so much out there, but there seems to be a little gap, um, mm -hmm. In between all of those different aspects of how we approach our end of life process. And so I was very attracted to um, becoming an end of life doula to help kind of connect all of those different aspects of the process mm -hmm. to make it a more holistic approach um, where there's kind of a connection between all those different facets. Um, <laughs> I'm excited about that because, I mean, we have gone to great lengths in our society and are, and still really have a ways to go where birth is concerned and in making that more of a holistic experience, bringing some honor in, into and respect into that process for the birthing mother and the child. Um, but, you know, I see death as just another birth. So hearing you say this is extremely exciting for me because having, I'm a person who had a near-death experience and, um, and I was around a lot of people that, you know, didn't survive or that were in that process as well. And there's just that piece missing, isn't there? Like there's a piece missing in terms of uh, bringing bringing that person through the portal or being with them as they move through that place and just holding space for them during that time, holding their hand, looking in their eyes, like this is not uh, what most people are experiencing at the end of life. And I think, and you and I touched on this when we talked that indigenous cultures get this right. Mm. They get it right. And with our industrialization and uh, our modernism, this has fallen through the cracks. And I think what you're bringing to the table is incredible. Oh, well, thank you. As you as well. I mean, <laughs> that conversation, you know, that 12 hour conversation at the coffee shop we had was just so <laughs> it was enlightening. And uh, um, I love that you're bringing the awareness to it. And I think you're absolutely right. You know, it wasn't so long ago that the end of the life transition or experience it happened at home yeah. you know as did the entire aging process you know our loved ones our elders were with us we saw the whole process from you know um beginning to end within the family and the community um and as you touched on i think we're at this point where it's become further and further away um to where now we don't even see the aging process i mean if Botox and the serums and the don't let them see you age and the cover up the great, you know, it's yes. um, that's become part of society as well as as we age. Thankfully, and maybe not even enough, we have places where people can go to the age, but it doesn't happen at home anymore. Yeah. So I feel as though death has become something further and further and further away from our daily life, which makes it a little more unknown. Mm -hmm. right? And that's what's scary about death is the unknown right. and the letting go process. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when we don't see our friends and loved ones going through the actual aging process of physically changing, mm -hmm. um, emotionally changing, perspectives changing, because we don't see it day to day. We just see it when we go visit. You know, it's something that happens somewhere else. And then, and in my own opinion, unfortunately, 
death itself has become a medical procedure that happens somewhere else, completely unaware to us. Um, and so we don't go through that natural process of being able to see the aging process, letting go through a process, become like coming to terms and processing, okay, this is happening. This next phase of life is happening for my loved one or myself, you know, and being able to see it, it just seems like it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. It happens, it happens over there and then it's done. And during that moment of um, incredible grief and emotion of us trying to process it ourselves, um, that's when we're left with trying to make these decisions for how we want that to look, yeah. um, how we want that to be carried out. And because it's so far from us, um, I mean, I was blown away going through the, my training process to see how many other options there are. Mm. I thought you went to the hospital, the ambulance took you to the hospital, you died, you went to a funeral home, you got a cat, you know, and yeah. that's, that's just how it works. And that's just not the case. No, we have so many options. And like you said, with the birthing process as well, it's, I mean, death is a certainty for all of us. It right. is a part of life. It, yeah. it is life. Um, and we don't know necessarily know how um, or, or when or why. Let me go back. We don't know when and we might not know why, whether it's something we're, we're told like this is happening, if we're diagnosed with a terminal illness, or if it's just out of the blue um, and an accident. But I feel like we, what people don't, aren't aware of is we do have some say so in the how mm -hmm. to bring the peace and the dignity back to the process of um, this is going to happen. This is what, what we like to call, this is what my good death would look like, how yeah. I can maintain my dignity and peace through the process, how my loved ones can then benefit from that as well, because they're not burdened with the decision of what I would, you know, trying to guess how I would want that to proceed. Yeah. Um, it's very as important. well as realizing that we're living through the whole thing. It's not, you get that diagnosis or that happens and you stop living. What is the quality of our life while we're literally going through that end of life process? Correct. Yes. For ourselves and those around us. And so bringing that to light and being able to think about that with a clear mind and say, hey, um, if at all possible, this is how I would like for this to happen. I think that is really beautiful and it's very empowering. And what it does as you're talking is it lessens the fear component of yeah. what you said, the unknown. I think that's the, that's, it's, it's an incredible problem in our society that we don't live our lives witnessing these things we put our aged in homes um, away from us we may not get a chance to see them because we're so busy working or living our lives or taking care of children um, we uh, we seem to uh, sanitize everything and that's a problem because when that moment comes for us we don't know how to we don't know how to process it. We don't know how to handle it. Um, and so you're feeling a gap and that's, that's an incredible service. Yeah. Yeah. I feel honored and grateful and, and even going through all of the processes myself for myself, right. You know, 
yeah. is such an eye opener to how all encompassing it is and how multifaceted it is mm -hmm. because there's what I would like, but of course, um, I think about, Ooh, how would so-and-so feel about that? And is, you know what I mean? It just, there's so many different layers to it. Um, and as you were saying, and the thing is that it doesn't have to wait until the very last moment. No. You know, so somebody can benefit from this being absolutely healthy, vibrant. There's no reason to be, you know, think that it's coming. Um, but now I put myself in that position where I've come up with my advanced healthcare directives. Should I get into a situation where I can't speak for myself? I have a healthcare agent who can speak for, who knows my wishes you know, who can follow that through as far as the disposition of my body, where I, you know, if I would prefer dying at home, if I want a living funeral, a vigil, there's so many different things around it um, that we could go ahead and address now um, so that if or what, you know, no matter how it happens um, or when it happens, mm -hmm. As you said, it doesn't have to be such an unknown, you know, a little less fearful um, of how I'm going to process this, because I think, I believe that, as you were saying, because it's been so far removed from us, whether that be because it hurts us to, mm. to think about being physically without someone we love, um, or being around someone who is aging, then makes me think about that. I myself too am going to go through um, right. this process. Um, for me, addressing that and, and having that part of my current daily life makes me live that much fuller because I know that I don't have for, you know, that it's unpredictable. Yes. And so each moment, you know, and you and I both have that near death, you know, experience to where I think something shifts within us. Yes. <laughs> you know, how we approach life, how we approach ourselves, and obviously how we approach death. Yeah. You know, so what are you, but between here and there, loving the people around me, how I live my life, how I love myself, um, what I want that to consist of. Um, I want that to be, I want that to be present in my thoughts and my actions. We live more fully when we get comfortable or work towards getting more comfortable with those transitions in life, that transition mm -hmm. in life. I mean, mm -hmm. I've definitely found that uh, in my experience, it's, you know, the fear component. I did not realize before you know, how much fear I really had inside until I had to face that and then kind of cross over that threshold and then back. And I'm not fearful of it anymore, but I feel like um, in our culture, it's just so, you know, it's the boogeyman behind the curtain and then you move the curtain and it's just, it's nothing to be afraid of. Um, it's us. Yeah, it's us. That's what we're behind the curtain. <laughs> like, oh, you. I know. It's always you, you know. Yeah. yeah. And and I think if we can develop some comfort uh, with that, more comfort in our society, understanding, um, then it it becomes something that's much more natural. And we will tend to live our lives in terms of appre having appreciation and gratitude 
for the moments that we have here. And uh, I feel like, you know, I get why we've modernized and done things a certain way that it is for people's comfort, but there's a problem in comfort, isn't there? I mean, there's a problem in seeking comfort because like you had alluded to earlier, it was those gaps that you had to come in, you know, the gap, the place where there's no uh, activity, you know, that you have to kind of like be confronted with uh, feeling your feelings, feeling uncomfortable. You know, what we, what do we do? We medicate our feelings now, right? I mean, and I'm not saying, when I say that, I'm not saying that um, that isn't helpful sometimes, but what I'm saying is like, it is something to pass through that we deny ourselves. It's a part of life that we avoid. Yes. So are we living wholly, fully? Right. If we're only handpicking the parts that we want. Yeah. You know, um, and if we want to attempt to do that and live life fully, how do we go about that in the most comfortable, safe and healthy way possible? Um, right. You know, and, and everyone is different and how beautiful and unique that is. And so in regard to um, the end of the life process or being an end of the life doula, like you can't, or even our own preparing for our own end of life, you don't know how exactly how it's going to go. So you come up with an idea and a plan, um, knowing that again, with transitions, it might not turn out the way I expect it to, or want it to do. Am I equipped with the coping mechanisms to deal with that and stay present with it? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, whether that be, uh, for my own death or the death of someone near me, right. you know, and being able to honor that person's wishes, even if I just want to keep them here as long as I possibly can, you know, and, and that's the goal, like, that's what medicine is for, to keep you alive as long as, you know, but there's some people, myself included, where if it's my time, I'm ready to go, you know, and so, and as much as it um, might pain those around me to lose me physically in this body. Um, I don't want to do that artificially. Right. You know, um, but these are questions that we have to come up with. And then um, that's the other side of the end of the life doula that I also appreciate is sometimes um, you're working with the person who's actually going through the process. Sometimes you're working with the loved ones. If I want to honor my loved one's wishes, but it's something I'm not capable or comfortable of, is there someone there that can still honor those wishes so I can be fully emotionally present with a person, but maybe that's not something I'm comfortable with doing. Um, so again, allowing them the respect, honor to, to mm -hmm. die with dignity and with peace in a way that they, where everyone can be part of the experience together in a safe and healthy way. <clears throat> That's the individual, honoring the individual and empowering them to make choices that they feel are dignified, um, you for know, them. for them right. and not, yeah. And not this one size fits all of, you know, this is how we do it. Um, thing is, you know, it's not good. And we don't even think about it until we're in that position. Whereas what you're saying is that it's, it really does, it's quite a relief to have these things discussed and 
filed and put away so that you want, you know, so that when that time comes, you, you have a template and the people around you have a template. And perhaps, like you said, that might change as things change because we're always changing, right? Um, but having that freedom and being empowered to make those choices is, is incredible. And I don't think that most people realize or even really take a moment to think that they do have options. Right. And then to have somebody who can provide those resources, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and to me, that's what a doula is. They, they help educate and they advocate for someone to find their voice. Right. Oh, wow. That's powerful. You know, it, especially about things that we don't tend to think, you know what I mean? Like that's a hard voice to find. That's you going and stepping into something you've never been in before and yeah. creating your own voice to speak about it. Um, I love that it, it it's, it's non-medical, you know, um, it's non-judgmental. So, you know, as a doula, it's not for me to tell you what happens after the end of the life process. It's not for me to tell you how, what a good death is. It's all about me helping you discover your voice, um, which, you know, maybe that's been part of my life. That's what I did in dance. That's what I do in yoga. That's what I do um, with Reiki as a Reiki practitioner. You know, those are the things it's helping um, people discover um, under the surface of themselves and and hopefully um, I'm able to help bring that to light so they can explore it in a way um, and holding that sacred space for them to be able to to explore it but also feel supported going into the unknown but not being alone like having a companion walk you through that you know or be with you like being empowered I think yeah in our culture there's so many things coming at us all the time you should do this. You should do that. You shouldn't do that. Like, you know, it's just constant, these messages and somewhere in the mix of it, we just kind of lose our ability to know what's correct for us. Well, nailed it again, April. <laughs> A wise one. <laughs> we do. How in, for me, even with the end of the life process, as our body ages, we become more still. Mm-hmm. It seems as though there's more time around us. And a lot of times because the people around us are busy, mm-hmm. you know, they're in an active phase of their life. We're left with ourselves. We're, you know, alone. So what is it like to be with yourself? What is it like to go within to find your own an- answers? And as you just said, not have it be dictated by someone else. Or if that's your thing, like if that's what makes okay. you feel comfortable, absolutely. Yeah. I'm right behind you, Um, but going within, and that's not a comfortable thing for a lot of people to do. (laughs) No, no, it's it's really not, but that's where the answers are. And it's, it's kind of like, I don't know if you, in kindergarten, there was this song where you have to go on a bear hunt and you have to go through the grass and you, you know, and the whole course of the song is you can't go around it. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You've got to go through it. And it's like, you can postpone these things, but at some point we all have that moment where we have to confront the gap, the quiet, the stillness, and uh, really feel into that and allow ourselves to 
feel those difficult things and those wonderful things. There's a certain ecstasy and bliss within that mm. gap as well. Absolutely. And, and I believe that for myself in my conversation with you, there was a moment where those things no, were no longer good or bad. Right. They weren't unfortunate or fortunate. Everything that happens in my life is such a blessing and is, I believe, truly there to show me something new, to help me evolve, to help me live life just a little bit fuller. It just expands my awareness in that process where I see a little bit more of myself. Just like you said, I peek behind the curtain. It's me. I'm seeing more. And I love this in recovery. We have a saying where sometimes it's hard for us to see ourselves from inside of our own self-portrait, like from inside of the frame. Sometimes we need somebody on the outside that can reflect back to us. Like, here's what I hear you saying. Here's what I see you doing, you know, so that we can have that conversation. Um, Those relationships are so important. Yeah. I think that our deepest spiritual work is done in the muck of the relationships. I think that is actually the deepest, deepest work that we do in terms of becoming more aware and becoming uh, more conscious of ourselves. People do reflect. And I think that's part of the problem with our culture and our society is that there's a breakdown of those connections. And so we are not having those experiences as frequently as we should. Um, where, you know, like backing up into the death process, you know, as a young child or a young person walking with your elderly person or your person that is preparing to, it's confronting, it's confronting to your own shadows, right? So that confrontation is important. It's an important milestone in the life of a human. Absolutely. And we've cut, we've cut that off. And what I love about what you're doing is you're bringing, you're, you're gathering it all back together. You're doing that for the family and you're doing it for the person come back. Let's, let's come back together because there's still things to be learned even through this process. Right? Yes. And if I had, and I have done a lot of, I've had a, incredibly adventurous wild life. <laughs> I know we could do it based on that. <laughs> survived it to a degree. <laughs> to oh, beautiful though. Um, to bring me here, you know, but and it's not even a regret. It's 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 so interesting for me to look back at certain experiences I've had in my life where I just turned my head and just let it slip right by me when it could have been one of the, you know, had I had the courage or awareness or know how to stop and look at it um, and be okay with sitting with being uncomfortable. Yes. You know, that maybe I wouldn't, would have repeated that lesson four more times. Right. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. I definitely, Um, I see. Yeah, but I think it's, yeah, that same thing you were just speaking on of the relationships and until I was able to become very honest with myself, as honest as possible with myself um, and doing my shadow work 
and looking at what I was doing, why I was doing it, what I wanted and how my behaviors were not taking me closer to, to what right. I wanted. Being able to see all that, like I wasn't able to have honest relationships with the people around me. Yeah. I was still trying to portray, I want to be seen as this person, or I want, I, tr- I want to be that type of person, right, right. Um, you know? And so that was that filter I was going through with all my relationships. So it wasn't a direct relationship. Right. Um, so it took, for me, it took that, having that relationship with my own self um, can often be quite uncomfortable. Um, when I came to those realizations, and then started interacting with my loved ones from this place of honesty and not this place of that would make you feel uncomfortable if I said that. So I'm not going to say it and I'm going to hide that truth. Yes. You know, yeah. that's, um, yeah, that's we, hard we, for every, you know, for, for everyone. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> You're so right. We can do a lot of, a lot of hiding in our society. A friend of mine calls it sending your representative. Oh, right I mean <laughs> we do that on social media we do that uh with people we don't see we don't have to see very frequently it's interesting because when you have a house guest and um you know we moved far away from home a long time ago so we don't have a whole lot of house guests but when they stay with you for a while it's like the first few days you're kind of nice and polite <laughs> and then something happens and you start to like be you and it, it creates a little bit of friction but I think that that friction is really important. Yeah. I think that that's where we start to really see who we are in terms, they are serving as a mirror to us. And if we miss yeah. that, you know, we've missed something big. And in this whole process of dying, witnessing illness, witnessing down, uh, you know, uh, decline, uh, witnessing the, being a witness of the hard things in life, we're just robbed of this, um, uh, incredible opportunity to really can really see ourselves yes fully. see ourselves and be of real support to the ones who are going through it yes because that's what we want to take away i shouldn't say we you know um or i believe as human beings we want to fix things we don't want the people around us to suffer we don't you know we we want to help and we want um but are we really doing that if yeah, we're not facing what you're saying, you know, um, allowing them to go through that process and truly supporting them through it so that they don't feel alone, not turning away from them, but looking at them in the eye and saying, I still see you. I know that you're here and I love you and you're not by yourself. Yeah. But if yeah. we become uncomfortable, we're like, hey, everything's everything's going to be OK, you know, um, well, yeah. it is. Which yeah, it, is. it will be okay. And yes, whatever sorry. happens, well, you know, that's what we will be fully present and be here with each other as it happens and deal with it together. And whatever feeling <clears throat> emotions come up are okay. It's, yeah, it's okay. It's I natural. Know. It's I know. Natural. I it's a natural process. I had people texting me while I was in the hospital and I'm like, I'm getting better. I'm fine. I'm like, mm, well, <laughs> obviously that wasn't the case right and I think that it's so interesting that that's our default yes I need to make you feel better about what I'm going through right and I need to make myself feel better you know what I mean and it's yeah but I didn't make life difficult or uncomfortable for you by stating what's really going on here with me at this moment you know and I I that was a 
that was one of the realizations I had is like, I just really, even in my dying hour, I'm sending out my representative. You know, and, and, and who stops to say, why, why am I doing that? You know? Yeah, I definitely did. And And is it for them or is it for me? Well, ultimately it's for me. Right. You know, to be seen as a person that's not going to make you uncomfortable and I don't want abandonment, you know, I don't want to be rejected because I might've made you uncomfortable. It's right. like we're tiptoeing around all these very obvious cycles and stages in life and, and our feelings and how that sometimes that's very difficult. And, right. and, and I think that on the other side of that is like how often we think we're saving them from something, from discomfort. But on the other hand, are we not denying them the gift yes. of being of true support to, to us? That's right. As well as the true gift of them saying, huh, what would it be like for, you know, preparing their, themselves, like you were saying, you know, preparing themselves for, I will have to go through this, you know, yes. to, to be there for that experience of what is unknown as of yet. And by denying them the honesty of what I'm feeling and going through and my frustration and I'm angry and I'm sad and, Mm -hmm. and I'm relieved and I'm happy, you know, not allowing people to see that part of it. So that again, it's a little more unknown and it's a natural process. And it's so, um, I don't know if it's odd or interesting or both that it's the same process we go through at birth. Yes, it is. Oh, look, you can recognize that you're you and I'm me. And look, you just discovered your hand. And oh, that's so uncomfortable. You fell down while you were learning to walk. We look at this and we revel it and we say it's great. And that's how we come in and we go right back to it if we're gifted with old age. Yes. Oh, you can't walk anymore. You're falling down when you're walking. Oh, you're, you know, you need help for that. But we don't, you know. And how do you feel about it? It's okay. Yeah. It's yeah. still a natural process. It's still yeah. something we are all going to go through, um, but we want to look away from one of them and we want to, you know, focus on the other. And I think if we take, if we can remove the stigma around death is bad, uh, you know, of course, you know, it, however you want to look at it, the, as the spirit leaves the body, the body no longer needs to function. So it does start slowing down. It doesn't need all of these things. Um, but why isn't that honored as much as Being born. everything before, <laughs> you know, and it, and yes, it might be uncomfortable, but it doesn't have to be dark. It doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to, you know, it can be celebrated and done together. Holistic. Holistic. Meaning it's all, it includes all the parts, all the parts, body, mind, soul, spirit, yes emotions but also holistic and not just me but me and my loved ones my family and hopefully at some point soon it'll be me my family my loved ones in my community yes because it doesn't matter where we live or where we're at or what our social status is everyone's going to do this one event that's right <laughs> like it doesn't matter yeah. we're all going to get there it's the one you know death and taxes but yeah. nobody looks at it We know it's coming. Yes. But we're afraid to talk about it or think about it. That's right. I'd rather not there not be taxes. (laughs) I'm with you. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I just, I think this is, this is a point in our evolution that is so needed. And I'm just so grateful that you're doing it. I'm so grateful um, to know there's others that feel that way. And so grateful for you to provide your bridging the gap right now by doing this podcast. So thank you for feeling open to speak of your own experience, but not just this one, all of your podcasts of putting like, hey guys, have you thought about this? Yeah. You know, there might be more. Like, That's it. I mean, everything's considered, everything should be considered because in order for us to integrate and to, evolve, we, have, we have to be able to take maybe things that worked a long time ago that we discarded, maybe shouldn't have, and reinsert that into our future and then some things are just obviously not working need to be discarded so we have we need this integral approach to our development and i think bringing back the sacred and the honorable into the dying process like we have done with the birthing process or we're starting to I, we're still making headway on that um, this is another sacred transition that needs honor and so I am just so excited. So I, people, if they want to get a hold of you, what I'm going to do is put all your details in the notes below. Um, but so I, I always ask my, um, my guests this one silly question at the end. And it is, if you could live at any time in history, when would that be and why? <laughs> um. Other than this one right now, right? right. One that we're in. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think I'm, yeah, I'm going to start to slow now answer. <laughs> I mean, obviously I chose this one for a reason. Right, so right. Time for yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would have to say, um, if I could, I might go back to the era of, of like Mesopotamia, like back to the beginning. Um, why? Um, Maybe for to experience the true simplicity, mm. um, not, I mean, obviously life I would imagine was very hard, but um, without so many distractions, maybe that, that connection to source in the beginning and that, that brand new evolving of this is life and this is what's happening. And this, this thing keeps happening, you know, that, that age of exploration and discovery, because there wasn't so much, um, patterns or things like, well, this is how it happens. And this is what we do. And this is what goes next. It all seemed like it was all beginning and being evolving. So minds were open, mm. um, hearts were open because they were all discovering it together. Wow. Um, I love that answer. Yeah, that would be really cool. <laughs> Our next life, you'll meet me there. So I don't yes, have to do it by myself. We'll see how this started. <laughs> It's all Dara and April's fault. Right, right. <laughs> I brought it up and here we are back in this. <laughs> that would be fascinating. And I absolutely love that answer. And I absolutely love you. And I, oh, love, I love you too. So much for coming on today. Yes. And again, everybody, um, I will put her information in the notes if you would like to get in touch with her and find out about her services and the different things that she offers. Um, it's Balancing Grace. Balance and grace. Yes. Thank well, you so much. Thanks so much for joining me. You have a fabulous day. Thank you, April. Bye.